Today's episode is all about the power of servant leadership and how you can make a difference. Welcome back competitors to the Compete Everyday Podcast. For those that are new to the show, my name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder at Compete Everyday and your host each and every week. Today is a fun episode as we get to welcome David Cuthbert of Wine to Water, a nonprofit organization that's committed to supporting life and dignity for all through the power of clean water. We have a very interesting conversation as David's journey led him to Wine to Water. He wasn't the founder of the organization, but now he's the CEO. He's in charge of it. So we talk about not only his background with the military service and the time he spent in startups, but how he's learned in each of those journeys his life of service that has brought him to this nonprofit organization that's focused on providing clean water in other countries. David and I discuss the things he looks for when building a team, how he intentionally designs his team to be able to go out and make a difference. During our conversation, you should be inspired and, and informed, really, on things to look for when building your team, whether you are owning a company, running a company, running a gym, or putting together a small team within your organization to succeed, help you complete a certain task. David gives great insight into that, as well as the importance and the mission of Wine to Water and many ways that you can get involved. It's a really amazing cause. I'm thankful to former podcast guest Brian Levinson for introducing me to David. And I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation as well as be inspired by some of the positive work that others are doing in the world right now to make a difference. If you are new to the show, go ahead and fast forward the next 15 to 20 seconds. But if you are a repeat competitor that's listening to the show, can you do me one favor this week? If you've been listening to the podcast for more than three episodes, would you share this podcast with someone you know? introduce them to Compete Every Day, share the podcast message, help them start learning how to compete every day in life, how to build that competitor mindset so that they can start winning their work, their workouts, and their life too. We need more people stepping out, competing, and finding a way to win in those areas of their life. And you could be the reason, the catalyst behind why they do. Introduce them, get them involved with the community, get them involved with the message so that they can start competing and making a difference in their world. Now, let's rock and roll with this brand new episode of the Compete Podcast, and welcome to the show, David Cuthbert. David, welcome to the show today. Thanks a lot, Jake. Appreciate it, man. Really glad to be here, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation today. We, we got connected by Brian Levinson, who we both have talked about. He was a guest here on the show, episode 41 this season, uh, for our listeners to the show. But uh, we'd love to talk about you, your work with Wine to Water. Um, but before we dive into that, you have a, a military history. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about your career. Uh, just broad overview, how you got to this point in life. Sure. Yeah, it's... Um... I'll obviously try to condense that into a few moments here, but uh, it's a long and uh, windy route. But started, I guess I'd have to start with my career at the Naval Academy. So I uh, went to the Naval Academy back in the 90s. Um, I was an athlete there, played soccer at the Naval Academy. as sort of, in my opinion, the foundation of my professional life. Could even go back to the athletic experiences that I had there in a lot of ways. Um, and just really loved being on that team, loved the team environment, and um, that has really driven me through most of my career. I left there, and because I was really drawn to those kinds of environments, competitive teams, competitive natures, 
um, small groups of people wanting to do something uh, awesome. I joined Naval Special Operations and became a, an explosive ordnance disposal officer. So essentially what that is, is it's the Navy's bomb squad. Um, spent nearly 10 years doing that. Uh, traveled most of, mostly in Middle East and Africa. They were my primary operating areas. Um, spent time in Iraq and otherwise in the early 2000s, as, as many people did. Uh, Love that experience, love the team environment of that as well. Uh, but I got out of the Navy uh, after about 10 years and I joined a tech startup company back in my hometown of Philadelphia. And uh, again, just felt like I was joining another team, trying to do something fantastic. We were in cloud communications and uh, I helped grow that company and lead it for about nine years. And a great corporate experience, great learning experience on, on that side of the house. You really trying to figure out ways to leverage sort of military leadership into a new environment and corporate leadership. And then uh, in 2014, I left that organization and uh, was looking for my next thing. And I really thought I was going to continue on in sort of the tech space in Northeast America where I am from and uh, was exploring opportunities up in that sector and in that part of the country and uh, came across this thing called Wine to Water. And Wine to Water is an international water organization. Um, it had worked globally for hundreds of thousands of people and providing clean water to people in need. And I really saw it as an opportunity to bring together the near decade of field experience that I've had in really difficult places of the world, plus the organizational leadership experience that I had just received in um, the tech space or corporate America, if you will. And really align those things um, to organizational growth um, around something I thought was really meaningful, which was providing clean water to, to people in need around the world. And so I've been here five years. It's been a fantastic experience, a great journey, and um, most definitely uh, the culmination of, of my previous careers to, to this one. So um, yeah, glad to be here. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to flash back and ask you uh, just a few different things. Yeah. Uh, one of the the topics that we've had on the show quite a bit is the idea around identity. Um, and, and you having played collegiate sports, we get stuck as an athlete, always identifying as an athlete. And mm -hmm. then you transition into military for a decade. Um, and that, those are jumps. And I know a lot of people struggle with the jump of athlete to non-athlete or active military to non-active military. Mm -hmm. What do you think has made those jumps for you more successful in terms of being able to successfully pivot to each stage of your career? Yeah, that's an awesome question, man. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um, I guess one thing I'd say is I, I do look at things universally and things that, that transcend any one specific thing. I, I loved soccer. It was a great sport for me. Um, I loved that experience. And as much as I love the sport, I think what I loved more was the team, being on the team, right? And that, that to me was the experience. We got to play soccer, but the real experience was that team. And then I think as, it, as that sort of transcends just being an athlete, you can apply being on a team in so many different facets, right? In so many different um, applications and, and so, it's things outside of sports even as we all know. And so I think, yes, it's, it's easy to get sort of pigeonholed into that sort of identity or that sort of persona, but I think there are elements of that that do transcend the sport itself. 
and team is one of those things. And then, you know, with regard to the military and then corporate and now nonprofit, the thing that has transcended all of those things, in addition to team, because team certainly applies to all those, all those areas, the thing that I'm also a, a, a huge student of, quite frankly, is leadership. And that transcends any of those specific mediums. Certainly, it has different applications. It has different nuances. Um, you have to apply different tact and so forth and so on. But at the core, it's still leadership. It's still investing in people and growing people and, and having them believe in something that's greater than themselves and, and taking on a challenge worth, worth taking on. And I think that applies to sports. I think it applies to military life. Certainly, it applies to corporate life. Um, and it absolutely applies to the nonprofit world as well. So I think to your point, you know, if you can find those things like team and leadership and, and really think about the things and how they transcend any singular experience, I think they're the things that, uh, that I've really clung to uh, throughout my, my life and career. I love that. And what, in your experience, what are some of the things, especially in your CEO role in the startup space and, and at the nonprofit, what are kind of the maybe three to four things that you are just adamant about integrating into the team and the organization to make sure it's a great team? Like what are the okay. characteristics you look to implement and build? Yeah. So another great question. Um, First and foremost, I'll tell you about how we design our teams, and I think it really does apply to corporate. Uh, it comes from my special operations background and, and applies to corporate and even applies now to the nonprofit. But um, before I kind of get there, I'll answer it in two parts. The first part is I'm a big proponent of process and big proponent of um, internal work, which produces sort of the external product right so i think if we focus on the external or the eventual product that that is the, the one thing that we focus on and forget about the importance of the process importance of individual growth um, importance of team growth i think what we're building is a house of cards so i really look at things inside out rather than looking at the the end goal is, is the goal. to me the goal is a great team the goal is a great um, group, group of people who are willing to really support each other uh, interdependently to then produce something great. The thing that we produce is just the thing we produce, but if we have a great team, there's almost anything you can really produce in that, in that type of environment. Like here at the, at the water organization, Wine to Water, in which I work, my focus is building a great team. If we build a great team, we will produce significant significant amounts of water for people in need. If we focus just on the water, but not pay attention to the health and growth and sustainability of our team, I really think the water will dry up. So what we've built and what we're always working on is the health and scalability of our team, of our organization. And that's what I spend a lot of time drilling into people here is like, that's gotta be sound. If we do that right, we will, we will be able to provide massive amounts of water. So I think philosophically, that's, that's the way I approach um, organizational development, if you will. Um, very practically speaking, though, for those who kind of like the nuts and bolts of things, I really look at that based on um, a small matrix, and I try to simplify it to the greatest extent possible. And again, it comes from my special ops background and, and exists all the way through my work in 
organizational leadership background. That is, you know, really comes down to four things. One, trust. Do we trust one another? Um, yes or no? And I think, you know, that's not a gimme. That's something that has to be developed. That's something that has to be cultivated. It's just spending a lot of personal time with people. It's listening to people and coaching people and understanding people. That is a process. But organizationally, you have to start building that from, you know, on a very intentional, in a very intentional way. Secondly, do we all, are we all trying to accomplish the same thing? Do we have that shared vision for what we're trying to, to do together? Um, yes or no? And, and really answering that question, I think, is important. Thirdly, uh, do we all have access to the same information? Do we all have the same understanding um, of the facts, of, of the data set? Do we all have access to learning? Um, do we all have access to uh, personnel development? Do we all have access to the same basic information that we need to accomplish that vision? And then the fourth piece is, um, are people equipped? And empowered to actually do that job do they have the confidence to do that job have we given them the confidence to do that job um, have we provided an environment that um, you know allows them to make some mistakes and learn from those mistakes and keep going do, have we given them the the authority to make that make the decisions that um, they need to make in a timely fashion to move the initiative forward um, and all those things. So it really comes down to those four things. Trust, shared vision, same understanding of the same basic uh, basic facts, and then their, the empowerment of the individual. And I think if you run into, when I run into team issues, something not going quite right, I can actually come back to those four things and understand where the process is actually broken. And once we identify that, we can actually pour into it and fix it and move on as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and I actually really appreciate hearing all that from your end as well and, and seeing that experience. We just finished our book club uh, in August was reading Mindset by Carol Dweck and talks heavily about the differences in organizations. And you obviously see it in, in Jim Collins, Good to Great, but organizations that allow for that growth. Can we learn from those mistakes? Can we develop? Can we figure that out and, and grow together and communicate and trust each other in that process versus just pure fear? And so it's, it's healthy seeing that because our listeners that have gone through the book club will start hearing that from a, another real world example. Right. One of the things y'all do incredibly well is your storytelling mm -hmm. and telling that story, which I think is, is a, a really a game changer for those in the nonprofit space as well as the for-profit space, but especially in that nonprofit space of telling that story really effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love the fact that it's not a simple I guess the best way to put it is a lot of nonprofits, you would visit the site and you would learn more about the organization just be like, hey, donate here. But y'all do a lot more than that in terms of the fundraising side because you not only provide opportunities to have local chapters and connect with other people on a small scale, but y'all actually take people with you on trips yeah. to see it up close and personal, to serve with your team, to get to know the people behind the brand. Has that been kind of your methodology and Doc's methodology from day one or, or kind of has that grown and developed as y'all have gotten more and more of a community behind the brand? Yeah, that's, it's such an important aspect of our organization. And um, there's a lot of opinion on, you know, people going to these places around the world and, and, um, and are they volunteering and helping and so forth and so on. So that's something we've navigated and we've always come back to, um, even challenging ourselves on. And 
I would say our mission is to support the life and dignity of all uh, through the power of clean water. Preserving the dignity of everybody involved in this process is primarily important to us. And if we're not doing that, we're failing at our mission and the things that we do. But in that same context, we do believe that there is a very important place for people uh, to understand each other. And one of those, one of the ways, just one of the ways, then I think storytelling is a really important way for us to do that and do that uh, through the lens of dignity. Uh, but one of the ways we've also done that is invited people to come with us to places around the world. We bring people to the Amazon jungle, um, Dominican Republic, East Africa, Nepal, and, and beyond. And they're fascinating places around the world. They're um, there are obviously amazing people out there living life in extraordinary ways, very far into the way that we live life. And we do think it's important for us to come together, to have a meal together, to understand our differences as much as even the things that bind us together, like for moms and dads, what it's like to raise kids and to care for their kids and so forth and so on. Try to provide basic resources and basic needs to our children. Um, we, you know, everywhere around the world, people do value education and having that commonality of understanding and really um, understanding one another, I think makes us a stronger community. And we really love those kinds of experience because we see they're the experiences um, that actually change people. They not only change people when they receive clean water and when we help to do that or work in partnership with them to do it, we see it change people when they have the opportunity to see that part of the world in a new way. And they become great advocates for the work that we're doing. And uh, that's very important, obviously, to our ability to execute our, our mission. So to that point, I would invite all your listeners, if they're interested in seeing a really fascinating part of the world and want to be a part of the work and help or in, in grow to understand it better, um, we would invite them to come join us. Just reach out to us organizationally, and uh, we'd love to have them out there. And, and y'all also have local chapters at, at cities around the U.S. as well as there's a lot of open cities as well for anyone listening. What are you, how do your local chapters support what y'all are doing at Wine to Water? And then obviously, how can people get involved uh, if there's not one in their city or nearby? Yeah, so that's, um, it's been a great foundation of, of our network, if you will. And each city who sort of starts and develops a chapter uh, they, they apply their own personality to it. They, we have some chapters that are driven by, I'd say, more corporate type people and that do a lot of networking events or business events or they host our team building filter build events inside their businesses, which helps us actually assemble water filters and we send them from their businesses to places around the world. And it's a very direct way for people to help. So for all your corporate leaders out there looking for an amazing team building event, they can be a very direct part of this overall process to provide clean water to people. And it's a very meaningful experience. Um, other chapters, um, you know, aren't necessarily as structured as that, but they like to do um, things in their home and hold, hold social or educational events in their home. They invite their friends and neighbors. Uh, the other thing they do is also help us organize groups of people in their local areas, friends of theirs, family of theirs, uh, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, what have you, and, and organize that group of people and bring them to the field with us to learn again what we do to be a part of that process and then advocate for it when they come back to their cities. But what I, I think is most 
even most profound about those chapters and programs and ambassadors and the people that work up is the way that it affects their life. Um, the way when they get involved in these things and they see the transformational change that they are a part of contributing to, it actually transforms them. And um, it's really a, a, a beautiful reciprocal relationship, I think. And uh, I think that that, again, is what makes the communities stronger. And uh, that's the foundation of Wine and Waters Group. I love it. Uh, so let me ask you this. What, on that note, you've got experiences, you have local chapters, uh, you do great with your storytelling. It, it, you very much have shared a strong grasp on building the team and the organi organizational development. What are the biggest challenges Wine to Water's facing right now that you, your team is just adamant about overcoming uh, and solving? Yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a global organization. And, you know, we work, we have offices in four different cities outside of the United States, um, South America, Dominican, East Africa, and Nepal, like I said. So, um, you know, anybody out there growing an organization knows how hard it is to grow an organization just inside one building and making sure people communicate, right? And making sure that people are sharing their best ideas. And um, for us, that's an ongoing challenge. We're in, we're in massively different time zones. Um, there's a bit about 55 people globally that are full-time working with wine water in some form or fashion. And, you know, creating a platform and infrastructure of um, shared ideas, of shared information, and then empowering people to make the best decisions in a timely manner so that we can continue to grow and scale our organization, I think is, is an ongoing challenge always. Uh, I'm really grateful we have a team that's committed to that, and I think we do it quite well, but one that we could always certainly improve upon. Um, and then the other, the other side of it is, you know, as, a, as being a nonprofit is just more corporate relationships, relationships that really help us reach more people um, in, a, uh, in a timely manner. The reality is far too many people every single day get up without access to clean water. And although we are patient enough to do, you know, to work on that process in the best way possible, there's tons of urgency for us to do that because so many people do lack access to clean water. So there's a real tension there between, um, you know, patients and doing it right and doing it in a thorough fashion, but also on the other side of that, doing that as urgently as possible. So um, those who do appreciate our story and would like to be a part of this on the uh, team building side or otherwise, we would certainly invite them to help us out. So the last question I have to ask you, uh, we have a lot of parents that listen to the show. I can't help but notice in your background, uh, the, I love you, dad, uh, written on the, uh, the whiteboard, your life, listening to your story and more of your life has been one of service. You've from the military to now in the nonprofit space. What are ways you're teaching your child or your children, uh, to have that same appreciation and gratitude for that life of service, uh, because I feel like is it's all in the news about the next generation is entitled and and this and that, but it's all what we teach them and it's how we're leading them. And so I'm curious, from a person such as yourself that's leading and and has a life full of service, how you're uh, investing that same attitude and spirit in your kids. Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story um, in that, and everybody's going to be different, of course. But I was when I was evaluating coming to Wine to Water, um, I was actually looking at it 
different tech job in Northeast. So I, you know, I did the, the job search and I went on several interviews and I'm talking to different organizations about where I would land next. And um, I was interviewing with this tech company out of New York and uh, going through the process with Winderwater and the board of directors here as well. And, and um, the CEO of the tech job, uh, I was on the phone with him and he, he said, he, you know, he, there was a very exciting job and a job that I would have been re- very proud to take on. And, and it was, it was very interesting to me. He knew he was, uh, he knew I was looking at other opportunities at the same time. And one of the things he said to me, because it was a very exciting job, um, he said, you know, David, as you evaluate your options, I want you to think about on Friday night as you're sitting around having pizza with your kids, what kind of stories do you want to tell them about the week of work you just had? And in some ways it was kind of ironic because he, he didn't know he sort of just sold against himself <laughs> because he didn't know that wine and water was my other option. <laughs> so I thought about that. And um, for my wife and I, we, we talked a lot about the kind of example and the kind of things we want to expose our kids to. Now they're 15, uh, 13, and 8. Uh, this was five years ago. So, you know, you can do the math. They were younger. But when we came here, we, we were very intentional about including our kids in our work. So my kids have traveled with me. They've seen these places with me. They've met our teams, uh, met our international teams. And it's been very, a very intentional process for us to include them in the stories and the work. And I go away a lot. I travel quite a bit. It's important that I come home and share what I just saw and what I just experienced with my kids in the best way possible. And they've really just, they've, they've grabbed onto it. And it's been awesome to see that. Now, listen, I get it. Like not everybody can just like do this kind of work. And it's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I, what I do think is the intentionality of it is important. No matter where we are as parents, no matter um, how old our kids are, I don't think they're too young and I don't think they're too old to be exposed to service. And I don't think they're, you know, there's never a bad time to, um, to bring them into a process of giving and bringing them into a process of relationship building and bring them into a process of, of serving. And I do, I would say it is getting, it's tough in the environment we live in. It's, um, you know, we live in an amazing place in the United States and it's, it's a very, very giving place. I mean, people are just want to give and sometimes they don't really just don't know how to do it best. But I do think for your parents who are listening out there, um, we do like seeing parents and kids go with us to the field. So if that's an opportunity for some of them um, that are listening, great, give us a call. We would invite something like that. There are certain places that I would definitely recommend taking, even young children too. Um, but I, I just think engaging them as, as often as possible in those conversations and, and the true example of service wherever they are is, uh, is always a good thing. And I've seen it really affect my kids in a, in a positive way. Certainly we, we have to parent them in a lot of other ways, but uh, for this one, they've, they've done a pretty good job of paying attention. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. David, how can people find out more about Wine to Water? How can they get connected uh, with your team and, and maybe even join up uh, to figure out where uh, they can make the biggest impact with your organization? Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. I mean, through our website is most direct. There's a um, there's an info sheet there. Somebody could just send us their contact information or just give our office a call. We would be 
really, really happy to engage on the conversation. The, uh, for, for your listeners, the website is wine2water.org, and that's all spelled out, wine, W-I-N-E-T-O, water.org. Um, and then through our social media, wine2water, Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, and Instagram as well. Uh, and also LinkedIn for, for your corporate folks. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to reach out and start a conversation. And uh, if you're interested to plug in, we can definitely find a place for you. Um, we could use you. And we, we, we think uh, you would also greatly benefit from, from the experience. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Really a pleasure speaking to you and I look forward to it again. Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to the Compete Everyday podcast. As always, get in touch with the show by emailing us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. And don't forget to use your 15% off discount code podcast on any purchase at competeeveryday.com. I can't wait to see you again next week. And until then, keep competing every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.